Hello, I'm Grace Chung. Welcome to Curious, the podcast featuring successful women in tech and science in Asia. Yep, we unpack their journeys and take a look at what lies ahead for the industry. Today, we step into the shoes of a company that's on the forefront of biotechnology. Yes, and it is always on the front page of every newspaper in the world, and the topic is COVID. So, meet Dr. Rosemary Tan, CEO of Veritas, who is producing the COVID test kits in Singapore. Honoured to have you with us, Rosemary, and congratulations. Hi. Thank you. On uh, coming up with uh, Veritas PCR, or, okay, please forgive me if I say this wrong, polymer polymerous chain reaction test kit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> good. Until 2006, well, few people had heard about what PCR stands for, but uh, today everyone knows. So what has changed? Well, the world has changed so much. Um, way back then when uh, I started Veritas, I was looking into very high-tech molecular diagnostic. What you mean by molecular diagnostic means detecting diseases using DNA. So it's using the mechanism, using a biotech technology called polymerase chain reaction, PCR. So the first thing we did was to, to design and develop together with ASTAR in Singapore, uh, the malaria kit. Uh, and then eventually we moved with other people with other kits and then we developed the H5N1 together with ASTAR H5N1 PCR kit that was, uh, in the, that, was, um, that was sold all over the world in 2005 and that's 15 years ago, PCR kit. So when the epidemic H5N1 bird flu came out, nobody knows what is the meaning of PCR. PCR, as you know, is done by using a machine and when you put in the, 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 the sample, uh, it amplifies the, the genetic material of the infectious agent into billions or millions of, of copies where you can actually detect it okay, to see whether it's present in the sample. Oh, that was a technology. Mm. That was a technology 15 years ago. Very, very, uh, I wouldn't say rare, but it's not used often because you need to have uh, manpower, you need to have scientists, you need to have technicians, you have to have a lab, and you have to have dedicated infrastructure. And then we fast forward to 2009, bird flu, we wouldn't call it bird flu, it's called swine flu pandemic. So 2009, more people heard about PCR. So we were first, one of the first in the world within less than a month we deployed our H5, uh, our flu influenza chip and we became very successful from then, that's about 11 years ago. So people hear more about PCR, but as you know, the pandemic fizzled out. It was infectious, but the mortality was not so high and eventually it became what you call a seasonal flu. And you fast forward 11 years later now, I can tell you when we started Veritas and we did all that planning and the strategy and the design and development, all that planning, we were planning to see how we can detect the disease during a pandemic. So we tell the world, we want to be able to be at the forefront. We want the first defense. We actually came out with the word even, I mean, don't quote me, maybe I didn't come out with the word, but biosurveillance. That means screening for biological agents in 2006. We were first in the world, if not the first, to tell everybody in 2006 that we had a press release, January 2006, saying that we want to put biosurveillance at the airport because there's mm -hmm. a first entry of yeah. any kind of infection. Why? Because we experienced SARS in Singapore. It was detrimental. Yeah. For us, we were not ready. Singapore <clears throat> was really affected. 2003 SARS. 2005, epidemic, H5N1, not so bad. 2009 happened. 
not so bad. All these years, we were planning and planning and tell ourselves we are the pandemic company. We tell everybody we're preparing for the next pandemic. Not many take us seriously. But we did plan. We have a few strong partners who went on with operations with us. We started the planning of all this kind of pandemic planning from the year 2011 with Singapore and some other organizations, but mainly in Singapore. So I can tell you 2020, when this coronavirus hit us and everybody said, Rosemary, your pandemic is here. <laughs> and I can tell you, we are not ready for it. And I can tell you, if Veritas is not ready for this, nobody is really ready. Why? What we, do you mean by that? Huh? We have been preparing for a pandemic for more than 10 years. And with very few people really being serious about it. And then when you have been planning it for years and then you've been thinking and developing and thinking and hope come out one virus like this. The first instinct when it come out in January 2020, when we first heard about the outbreak, first question was, did SARS come back or was it MERS? Because MERS was circulating in Korea. Oh, 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 is this novel? And if it's novel, what is the infectability and what is the mortality and what is the genetic makeup? So these things came right away. So that's why I can tell you when we announced on January 24th, 2020, we were probably one of the very first company in the world that came out so fast with a detection kit for this current coronavirus. And that's Why? because you already had the infrastructure? Because we already had the infrastructure, we have practiced a few rounds, and also uh. on top of it, we are always surveying all this, you know, subtypes of influenza. We actually anticipated this. When we, in January, we look into the coronavirus, circulating at that time, we can tell you exactly what it was. We can we know it was definitely not MERS. And we also know it is very related to SARS, but it's not the original SARS. Spot on, in fact. So, um, Grace, can you guess how many COVID cases there are to date? Millions, millions. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, yes, 174 million to be exact. You know, um, just for perspective, that number would be about half the US population and then more than half of Indonesia's population. A lot, right? Yes, that's a lot. So I was concerned and I went for my vaccination. I don't know whether both of you have, but I thought that it's a, an extra layer of protection uh, on top of all the personal hygiene that we are doing. But I think the next development is in quick and accurate testing, which is in exactly uh, what you're doing. So you are one of the first rosemary in the world to produce the test kits. Can you tell us um, where the test kits are being used today apart from Singapore? Everywhere. So you're selling it everywhere? Mm. And you can ramp really up in, in Asia. You ramp up in time? Oh, in the beginning, it was crazy. Especially with the shutdown. All our ingredients came from either Europe or US. Our chip originally, I mean, when we first launched, the, we have more than five products now, but we have registered record. Record number of products, okay? In COVID test kits? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. We have PCR, antibody, antigen, swab, saliva, all PCR, mm. chip, the whole spectrum, okay? So you, I, I believe you are one of the, the one of the few companies that have the record registration, not just in Singapore, but overseas as well. Now, wow. in the beginning, as you, you were saying, what was the difficulty is the, really the supply. My chip, the first product that we came up with is the Lepon chip. And my chip origin, our, our manufacturing is done in Italy. And when it got affected, our supply chain got, 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 got impacted. And okay. that was a big problem because customers were screaming for products. So we, we have to start to plan. It's a huge challenge. And yeah. our ingredients, our raw ingredients from the US. And then not only there is uh, during March uh, last year, 
not only there's this uh, lockdown, February, March, there's snowstorm. So we're tracking the plane, you know. The plane crashed. <laughs> we are practically waiting for the plane to arrive. We nearly wanted to go to the airport and beg them to give us our ingredients. But of course we can't. We've got to follow procedures. Besides the lab on chip devices uh, for diseases, I mean, you've done it for malaria, SARS, which you mentioned earlier. Are there other test kits that Veridas makes? Many. So uh, through the years, the first, the first uh, test kit on the chip, lab on chip, uh, separate from the PCR test, PCR is separate. Huh? The lab on chip is actually what you call a, a multiplexing, multiple, I mean, one sample, multiple detection. We can okay. tell you a range of maybe 10, 20 diseases. Whereas a PCR is looking for only one or two which is very appropriate for now because you're only looking for one, one, one coronavirus, okay? Uh. So for our lab on chip, the very first chip that we developed is the influenza chip. Why? Very interesting. Because flu, many subtypes. You have H5N1, H1N1, H3N2, H7N, huge. So we have this panel that when you put in the sample, you can tell, you can tell what is a subtype and if it's going to be, uh, you know, a problem, okay? If it's seasonal flu or is it going to be a pandemic potential? Influenza chip was the, the flu chip is our first panel. The second one is the biological tract. We are able to actually go into detecting, as you, see, as you know, we are going to airport sur surveillance. Yeah. So we can actually detect the environment uh, where we can see whether there's uh, any potential biological tract. So example, anthrax, smallpox, tularemia. These are all potential bioweapons. So this chip is used 24 seven in some of the biosurveillance spots as well as in crucial critical events, for example, at the World Cup, uh, example at the F1, for example, you know, or as example, a very important person, VIP coming to Singapore, having a dialogue, secure of the location to make sure that there's no potential biological threat. And used also in uh, some of the Middle Eastern countries where they are surveying the parameters for potential threat. So we are deployed in various parts in the Middle East, securing the, the parameters of the, some of the military areas or whatever. I can't, I, I can't say. Making the world a safer place. Well done. Yeah. So Lina, just want to tell you, we have about 10 to 11 different chips. Huh? And we have one chip that's called the tropical disease chip. And we are able to take from the blood. Huh? And I can tell you whether the person is having uh, Zika, malaria, dengue, Japan encephalitis, yellow fever, da, 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 seven. So these are used by hospitals? Yes. And also, very interestingly, is used by the airport. Mm, okay. Yes, because when, for example, in China <laughs> yeah. uh, or in some other countries where they have people coming into the airports from tropical areas and they have a fever and sometimes the symptoms not so clear, so you do a blood test to see whether it's going to be something that is of concern right. before you admit a person into the country. Remember when IBM's computer Deep Blue defeated chess champion Gary Kasparov in 1997? It was able to examine 200 million possible moves each second. A quantum machine would be able to calculate 1 trillion moves per second. This is quantum computing. Get insights from Dr. Yvonne Gao, Assistant Professor at NUS and Quantum Specialist, next week on The Curious Podcast. Yeah, I, I really feel that that really makes the world a much safer place. I mean, we're going to have to start traveling soon, I think. Or look forward to it. Ah! Yes. <laughs> hey, Grace, how many languages do you speak? I speak English and Malay. Oh, you know why I brought that up? Because um, you mentioned that uh, Rosemary said that as a teenager, she loved science, but she also loved languages. Yes, she did. And at one point, it was difficult for her to decide 
what if she wanted to become a linguist or a scientist? So maybe Rosemary, you can share with us, you know, you had this passion for the languages. So how did this, uh, how did you choose your career as a scientist, number one? And, and then secondly, how did these languages, your passion, play out uh, in your business today? You know, we have this third language program in Singapore. So I chose uh, Japanese very simply because uh, during that time, there are many cute products coming from Japan. And mm. example, if you want to build a plane or you build some castle and it's made in Japan and you have to look at the instruction, I always wondered what it means and I, I really wanted to know. So I picked Japanese as a third language in Z1. And strangely, I, I can tell you, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know what's the reason I love it. I love the language with a huge passion. So falling in love with Japanese, still loving my science, eventually got a scholarship to go to Japan to do my PhD, really went into the Japanese culture, went into the Japanese university, one of the top, top culture where you have a very strong professor teaching you the best in technology. I, I actually learned from one of the best professors in the world. Okay, mm -hmm. he is very renowned. Learning from a great scientist, the way he thinks, the way he talks, getting all that knowledge and then also living in Japan for four plus five years. I remember before I went to Japan, I, I, I told my grandmother, I'm going to Japan to study. Are you, are you, are you okay? I mean, because you know the, the history, yeah. the, the yes. issues yeah. we have with the yeah. older generation in Singapore. And my grandma said this to me and I remember this is a huge message. The Japanese have huge strength. When you're there, remember to learn that strength. Mm. So I was there and I always remember this. I always go into the university, the best lab in, in Japan. And I look okay. at the students and I say, how did all these people get in here? What is the common denominator? And this is what I want to tell the young people listening to me. Yeah. It's not intelligence. So 0.001% who made it to the top university in Japan, those smart Alex, I always look at them. I want to see what's the real difference. Focus. Wow. Mm. These people don't sleep, don't eat. Whatever they do, they really, really focus. Tell us about how does that um, bring into your entrepreneurship journey? Differentiation factor is how focused you are in achieving your goal. So this is what you do for Veritas? Yes. It's not a stubbornness, okay? I don't think the stubbornness is, is a bad part, but it, you, you do not do things because it's your or it is because you, you are going to do to go straight on and then blindly do it. You, you listen to people, you take in criticisms, you take in suggestions and all that. But when you're focused in something, you should follow through. And Sekisui came in? So when? what happened was that after I started the company, uh, ST Micro bought us first. Uh -huh. So we were minority and then majority owned by uh, ST Micro. And then a few years later, uh, SC Micro went into a little bit of problems uh, because of the semiconductor uh, issue way back then. Tomasic owned Acuron Technologies came in to buy a majority stake in us. So we actually owned for, uh, for about four years by Tomasic uh, subsidiary, it's, uh, it's called Acuron Tech. And then later on in 2018, uh, we were approached by a Japanese company Sekisui Chemical, huge conglomerate. Mm. Um, actually, it was not really an approach. It was us also looking for a partnership. So Veritas was out there looking for a partnership. And then we found Sekisui through a Japanese uh, uh, investment bank. 
that was uh, sent out to help us scout. So when we met up in 2017, uh, you know, I speak Japanese and I know how Japanese thing. I went there with my Japanese. Oh, by the way, my Japanese R&D director is Japanese. He's my classmate from my PhD <laughs> lab. He's the brain. I'm just a doctor. Our brain for more than 10 years in Veritas is a Japanese guy. So you brought him to Japan to well, meet. Both of us went there because we know we have so many friends in Tokyo. We were very excited. We went there and we met up with Sakisui. First meeting was fantastic. They were looking for a few things in a new call and they are looking for a, a location. They wanted to be in, preferably in Singapore. They wanted to have their own high-tech uh, products, very uh, modern, very, what you call, differentiated products, molecular, you know, like DNA kind of thing, like biotech, very strong with strong numbers, uh, strong business uh, plan, business model. We, we, we take all the right boxes. Lah. And then uh, they pursued us and they bought us and then we became uh, Sikisui Veritas. Yeah, you, you know, um, Grace's um, whole biotech industry is riding on a high, but there are 3 billion US dollars in funds raised by uh, VC firms this year. So um, maybe just posing the question back to you, Rosemary. Uh, after 15 years, what do you consider were some high points? Um, making new friends. Of course, uh, my first partner were mostly Italians and Germans and some French. Fantastic, hardworking, clear-minded. I met customers all over the world in Kuwait, made some good friends in Kuwait, in UAE, in India. So this is really interesting. They're the Japanese. I really understand them. I speak the language. I know the culture. Um, very enjoyable. The trust is there. I mean, I've been the CEO with them for the last three plus years. This is really a high point for me. I think meeting people, it, it wouldn't have happened if uh, I, I didn't pursue this career. Any regrets, Rosemary? I always believe that when you do something, there's always a give and take. I personally think that I lost track of time by not able to attend many occasions with my classmates, for my children. In fact, I have not attended any of the uh, parents' meeting for my children. I missed out a lot of their growth. Mm. So I, I can tell you, I focus a lot in my job and sometimes I think I lost track. Mm. And I think this is one regret. There's no yeah. sacrifices, but I'm sure that your children understand as they get older. Oh, my kids are amazing. They are just amazing, strong individuals. And I'm so proud to have them. So you have won many awards. Um, Rosemary, you know, you were top 10 innovators in the Power List 2017, Singapore Women's Weekly Great Women of Our Time, Outstanding Science Alumni from NUS, you know. So, having all of these awards, you're now a role model. What kind, you know, if you want society to encourage more women to remain in the science industry in STEM? What do you think can be done to, to do this? I always feel that the topics taught in science for O levels and A levels, okay, honestly, this is my own opinion, okay? Mm. They study very cheap <laughs> stuff. Mm. At a young age, before the age of 18, mm. they learn about transcription, transfer of this thing to, you know, all the very cheap stuff that, that we learned at university maybe third year last time. Wow. I question that because for the very bright, maybe it's, they have a way of learning and memorizing and the way they, they conceptualize is maybe very good. So actually at a very young, at a very young age, you are already segregating the kids. Hmm. 
you're already choosing your kids, those who can really study very well, who do better, I mean, with, the, with those topics, right? And those who are really interested in science, they get scared. They don't understand. They're no longer interested. Mm. Bring real science into their lives. But I guess it's not easily solved because you still have to go for exams because you still have to be graded. You have to have limited positions at the universities. You have the different faculties that's getting all the good and the you know, different faculties, medicine, dentistry, science, law. They still have to choose their best candidates. That's natural. I can understand that. But on the other hand, how do you make science and tech fun? It's really a fine line. So for the women scientists in Veritas, how do you retain them? Making, is it the job, oh. making the job more interesting? Or Please, I it... can tell you, I retain all the, all the scientists and all the employees, not just women. <laughs> and I can tell you, in Veritas, we have a very strong family culture. What you need to solve is your family first. Okay? Your kids, your wife, or your kids, your husband, your parents, whatever. If you don't solve the family, you can't work. You need time to off, go. You, you are pregnant, we celebrate the pregnancy. My goodness, when we have a pregnancy, we celebrate it. This is fantastic. I always believe that pregnant women work harder. Why? You need to provide for the family. Mm. And we should support that. I always support, always support mummies. Okay? Because I'm a mummy, right? Mm. So, uh, how do we retain? Giving them more time to be at home, okay? Example, the, the work from home now is different. Okay, previously, before the pandemic, take time off. You don't necessarily have to be physically at work. You can do sabbatical. I've given sabbaticals to many of my women staff after they had given birth sabbatical to look after their kids. I even give a sabbatical to, to, to mummies who have kids have grown up. One thing about Veritas is that we take this very seriously. And if you take family seriously, you retain your people. I hope the educators come to you and get your advice. I mean, if you have a successful scientist and then um, someone who is giving advice and make it fun, you should take it seriously. I think we will have a... We'll oh, have I've, a been, I've been doing I have My first company is an education company. I have a, a, a company called Geneset that's been teaching life science in schools for more than 15 oh. years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been teaching 14-year-old PCR. So <laughs> inspirational, Rosemary. We must thank you. Thank you for your time uh, today with us. Um, and uh, you are developing exciting solutions. I think the future is even more exciting. And we wait to hear about the new products that Veridus will be putting out on the market. A big thank you to our guest, Dr. Rosemary Tan, CEO of Veridus Labs. This is Lena So Um. And Grace Chung. Thank you for joining us today on the Curious Podcast, featuring successful women in tech and science. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.